Welcome to Employco Podcast. I'm Rob Wilson. With me is my brother and partner, Scott. Hello. And Jason Eisenhut, our Vice President of HR. Hi, everyone. Jackson, working the board. That's his name uh, moving <laughs> forward until uh, we go back to Nikki. So uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us uh, this month for our HR chat or podcast. And uh, Jason, it's we're coming up on the end of the year. You're getting ready for Q4. You know, granted, it's September, but uh, as you get ready towards the end of the year, uh, salary reviews, bonuses, gearing up for 24, uh, a, a big topic around our office that uh, HR team with our clients is performance management. Yeah, and, and I think you mentioned that some of the key parts is that, I mean, some, some employers have tried going away from performance reviews and formal kind of review process. And it, I think it partially works for them a little bit, but you still have bonuses and merit pay increases. So how, how if you're not doing a performance review, do you decide person X should get 3%, the other person should get 3.5 or 2? Like you have to go through some kind of review or evaluation period process um, kind of on an annual basis, unless you're giving merit pay or bonuses quarterly. But for the most part, this is kind of the time of the year where companies are taking a look at that and looking at performance measured performance reviews. One of the things that uh, you guys have recommended over over the years is not to do it just once a year, but really to have those conversations during the course of the year. Yeah, and I think a lot of employees, I know we've found out from doing internal surveys, that was one of their biggest complaints before we started doing performance reviews, is that we didn't do enough of them, and they want to know how they're doing, and they want that feedback, whether it's positive or negative, they want to know what they're doing. Yeah, and what you did, like we were, I think we've mentioned maybe on prior chats or podcasts, it doesn't have to be just once a year, it shouldn't be just this once a year formal review. It should be more frequent. Like, I don't know if it's weekly, monthly, some other cadence that's more frequently. You can mix in formal and informal and just conversations, direct, like one-on-one meetings between the manager and the employee. And then do you recommend at some point during the year having a, a more of a formal review? I, so I think it, it depends on what type of position. So obviously like sales positions, for example, are easily to quantify. Those are more frequent, more formal meetings. Like we're not, we're, our quota was this, we should be hitting this. We're not there yet. It's performance based. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, and then for some of them, if, if you have set goals that are measurable, those are good. They lend really well to formal meetings. Okay. By for end of first quarter, we thought we were going to have this new computer system launched. We're not even close we need to get going on it, that kind of thing. Right. And, you know, as, as you gear up, most most bonuses, you know, you've got merit bonuses versus kind of annual uh, bonuses that uh, are you're typically having that conversation, at least for a management team in, you know, in November uh, or, or planning it for some time in December. Right. Yeah, it could be that kind of outline for the, the management staff. Like, what are we looking at for distributing the bonuses. If we have a big pool, what percentage should this department have versus this or high performers versus low performers? I think it's it's a perfect time of year to start taking a look at it. Yeah, and from a budget standpoint, rolling into next year, this will be the first year, and this can also be related into the performance review. Uh, the governor signed back in March the law where they're mandatory, what, 40 hours of PTO time. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that'll go into effect January 1st in all of Illinois. And I think Illinois is the third state to do that. So if it hasn't happened in your state, it's probably coming. And, you know, when you budget in performance and things like that, you might want to remember, oh, you know what, if you don't do 40 hours of PTO time, you're going to have to factor that into the budget. Yeah, right. Yeah, and there will be a cost for that, especially if there's an hourly position you need to backfill that person. And, yeah, there's going to be some additional cost for empl- Illinois employers. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see if uh, the mayor in the city of Chicago, he wanted to, to get rid of the uh, police. Dip- oh, sorry the different uh, pay levels at restaurants. 
So if you're a, a waiter, a bar waiter, waitress, bartender, you could pay them less because they're making tips. So he wants to make uh, those employees the same as everybody else. For minimum wage. Yep. And, uh, you know, one, what, what type of effect is that going to have on hiring on that level as well as, you know, your your bonuses there? And a lot of that is tipped income. Yeah, good point. Right. But but not to, uh, not to take us back to the performance. performance man. So, Jason, any tips? Uh, I know uh, if anyone reaches out, HR at com to you, you've got some different uh, different uh, performance review forms. You've yeah, got half templates. a dozen different templates that, uh, and you know, not every template's right for, for the company. So I, I think over the years, you've really had a pretty wide variety depending that, on what the need is for our clients. Yeah, and some are point systems. So one to five, then you tally up all the points at the end. Some are just strongly agree to strongly disagree. And, and then you kind of make sure you consolidate some of those results in, at the end of each section. So we can tailor or customize a performance review, depending on the, the type of business and type of uh, goals and strategy the employer is looking for. How well do you think supervisors are trained to do performance management? I, I would think at some point, most supervisors have gone through some type of performance management training, whether or not they retain it or put it into practice. And some people, despite training, are just never going to be good at giving feedback and soliciting feedback. That's another tip that we have is this should be a two-way street. You should be giving feedback, both positive and negative, and also soliciting feedback from the employee. Like, what do you, how do you see your job? How do you see the company doing? Maybe they'll give you a tip or a suggestion on something a department or company can do that you could put into practice. And then you, your team, you guys are regularly coaching supervisors. Right. So, exactly. So not just the, you know, as our HR team's working with, uh, you know, owners and senior management, you're also, uh, at least on performance management, coaching supervisors to try and create a better experience throughout the year for, for, for clients' teams. Yeah. So our performance management training for our clients' managers goes into the holistic approach. It's not just an annual performance. How, how should you be communicating uh, and getting feedback both pop, both way to a feedback with your employees throughout the year, kind of mixing in the formal and informal. Right. Great, uh, great feedback and assistance to our clients. And I always harp on it, surveys, 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 because yes. if you don't want to get that feedback face-to-face, if you want to get it anonymously, anonymously uh, go the survey route, blind survey route. You can find out so much information, and if you leave open questions at the end, you get great ideas. Yeah, because some employees may not feel comfortable giving their manager honest feedback, right? right? I, I don't think you're doing a good job with X, Y, or Z. So I'd feel more comfortable on a survey, anonymous survey, giving that, especially if, if there's policies or procedures or companies benefit programs and things like that. But um, employees can be a lot more, most more employees can feel more open and be honest on an anonymous survey than they can with kind of one-on-one discussions. And I think you go above and beyond showing our staff look, we don't track the IP addresses. This is what we get. And I think having the employees buy in to truly believe it's anonymous, you're going to get really good information. Better than if you knew who they were. And and if you have a large enough department, like let's say, I don't know, let's say you're in a 10-person customer service department, there might be enough scale there where you can, at review time, say, okay, I'm, I'm looking at Jason's feedback. He's one of our customer service representatives. Ask the other nine how they think Jason's doing anonymously. We're not going to collect IP addresses or maybe through others throughout the organization that deal with Jason as a customer service representative and some of his clients. That way you can get some of this anonymous, honest feedback 360 within the organization. 
Right, and, and you know, your department has to be big enough. Right, exactly. If there's two people in the department <laughs> and it's Scott could drop 20 pounds, you're going to know it's, you know. No. The, uh, yeah, that's some great advice, Jason. Yeah, I think the key is training the managers, like you said, Rob. I think getting a good training program and staying on top of this kind of continuous feedback, two-way feedback throughout the year, mixing informal and informal. And when it comes time, everybody gets nervous about giving negative feedback Kind of criticisms to their direct reports. Think of it's constructive. Exactly. It, you know, you look at it as an opportunity because you're helping that person to kind of break a bad habit and, you know, it's going to be better for them, better for the organization. And, and maybe you look at it as an Oreo cookie. Maybe you start with some positives, build in this constructive criticism, some feedback, and then end it with another chocolate layer of another positive things that you're doing. So just so uh, <laughs> I was paying attention, you were wrapping around an Oreo cookie. I, I'm right? trying. Okay, yeah. that's what I <laughs> The cream right. part being the criticism. Right. So, oh, C's. Yeah. Nice. Uh, speaking of surveys, uh, we, uh, and since our last podcast that we had with Amy Elcott, we... That was a great podcast, too. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and uh, check it out. And a couple of days after she was in uh, in our office doing the podcast, she was on the uh, on the Golf Channel for uh, with her employee advisor on being interviewed at the uh, at the women's uh, amateur championship. Wow, over, very cool over at Bel Air Country Club. And uh, and about the time that you might be listening to this, she's in uh, at the she's a captain of the Solheim Cup, uh, representing the U.S. women in Spain. In Spain, yeah. but on that. Uh, not to get on that route, but uh, since since she was in uh, in the office, we we released a survey, or a survey was out for uh, work some uh, work from home data. So we're just tallying that the survey results. So we'll have that at our next podcast, or uh, or definitely in our uh, in our HR newsletter. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, we're 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 hoping that the, what the final results show is that there's a really some really interesting statistics on what employers are doing and hoping for and changing for that remote work from home. Uh, practice within their company. Yeah, and more and more, you know, the government's trying to get people back to work. Uh, Zoom is requiring their employees, which is kind of weird. But <laughs> Zoom, think about how how much their stock grew grew during uh, during COVID. That yeah, they, they, they wanted to know why in the uh, in the office. So, but uh, so that uh, we'll have those survey results out uh, uh, before our next podcast. So I'm sure we'll have some and a some little plug. We've got a uh, free event coming up too. So if you're uh, if you're listening to us from the Chicago area and, and you're in the food industry, October 10th we're having a HR and legal panel uh, actually located here in our in our building in our training room with uh, Food Industry News. So Carrie uh, Carrie Miller and then uh, Lauren from Tucky Law Firm is going to be with uh, with us a panel on HR and legal issues in the in the food industry. And we'll have a landing page up that uh, Jackson not only is as he worked the board here but uh, as the marketing manager. Uh, his alter ego, he'll have, uh, they'll have a uh, landing page on our website. And it will look spectacular. There we go. And also uh, the new I-9s rolled out. Yeah, yeah. as of August 1st, there's a new form I-9. So if you uh, haven't put it out yet, uh, you need to be you starting to use it pretty quickly now. October 31st. And Jason, we just did a HR chat on that. So uh, pretty easy, uh, you know, not to digress, just take away all of the excitement about an HR chat. But just... But Scott, you went from a two two page form to a one page, and went from fifteen pages of instruction to eight. Wow, that's yeah. great! So only eight pages of instruction. So the printing and photocopy industry not good lobbyists on this one. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Well, everything's digital nowadays. Right, that's true. Uh, we still have a lot of clients that are doing uh, doing paper, though. Right, true. Especially on the trade show side. Yeah, I think we're finally seeing, after all these years of saying going 
computers, it'll cut down on paper. I think we're finally starting to see it also, which is kind of nice. I know when I do all the purchasing, I buy way less paper, paper than I used to. Yeah, one of the things that uh, with our with our new system that you rolled out a couple of years ago, with uh, you know, people, clients can go, their employees can go to our website, or even when they're at shows and events, we, you, the QR code that you've got takes you right to your uh, your portal where your employees can uh, clients employees can sign on to our portal, uh, update your direct deposit, yep. and, and all that, all very secured. So. Uh, but uh, it, it's great with the QR codes. And, QR codes are great. They're definitely not uh, 2007. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, a lot of technology has come our way in the last couple of years on the employco.com. So a lot of a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, that, we're uh, moving forward, which is do. great. So, Jason, we missing anything else? No, I think, we, yeah, if you have any questions on either the templates or the best practices or to get your managers trained properly, hr.employco.com. We're, we're yeah, or any of the events, too. Yeah, right. Yeah, feel free if you want more information on the events. They'll be on our website. Uh, They're free, and uh, and hopefully, if you uh, you're in the Chicago area, I know we've got people who listen throughout the country, but in Chicago, uh, Spencer and the team are uh, they're rolling out uh, TV commercials on Xfinity. Yeah, so exciting. Yeah, and uh, and you know, next month October we'll talk about uh, one our survey, the work from home survey, but also the. Uh, uh, health insurance. Most people are getting ready for either you've got your renewal, you're thinking about your renewal, and you're going through open enrollment. So uh, Jason will be here to uh, to give some some tips on uh, an effective open enrollment. Sounds good. Sounds great. We just threw that at him right now, so <laughs> I'll be ready. But uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, feel free to reach out hr at employco.com. Thank you.